Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Bingeworthy, a podcast dedicated to telling you which of these many dozens of streaming shows that are being thrown at you each week and month are worth your time and attention. Hosted by myself, Mike D'Angelo, and today I get to talk about a great new show that just hit Hulu, a miniseries called Welcome to Chippendales. The show follows Steve Banerjee, played by Kamel Nanjiani, as a fledgling Indian-American entrepreneur who decides to open an all-male strip club for women named Chippendales. I knew nothing about this story going in, so if that's where you stand, I highly recommend not looking anything up, don't Google it, and just watching the events unfold, because it's a very different show than many might expect. I did not expect the show we got, but it is a very welcome surprise. Yes, the Chippendales are a featured backdrop, but the series is full of twists and sinister moments that make you go, did that really happen? And... It pretty much all did, which is crazy uh, after I fact-checked it. Uh, definitely worth a watch right up until the very end. Joining me to discuss the show is star of the series Kumail Nanjiani, who you may know from Silicon Valley or The Big Sick or Marvel's The Eternals. We talk a lot about the show, uh, but we also get into the nerd stuff, too. He does shout out my shirt in the interview. So for context, I was wearing an X-Files shirt, which, for those who don't know, is his favorite show in the whole world. But before we get to the chat with Kamel, I've got to tell you that Bingeworthy is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes the Playlist Podcast, The Discourse, The Rogue Ones, Yellowstoners, Deep Focus, The Fourth Wall, and more. We can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite shows. Follow, like, subscribe, drop us a rating on any of those as we greatly appreciate it. Okay, as a reminder to our listeners, the first three episodes of Welcome to Chippendales are now up on Hulu, with new episodes dropping every Tuesday. I've seen them all. It's a fascinating watch from beginning to end with some excellent performances throughout. All right, let's get to my interview with the wonderful and hilarious Kumail Nanjiani. Kumail, big fan all the way back to the stand-up days and like Michael and Michael have issues, all that stuff. Um, oh, so, thank you. Yeah, I bet you, you know, didn't think about that show for quite a while. Actually, I was talking to someone about it just yesterday and I don't remember why, but it somehow came up and you know, I love your shirt. Oh, of course. It worked for you, my yeah. friend. <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen all eight episodes of Welcome to Chippendales. It's outstanding stuff. Congratulations on it, really. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you saw all eight. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, we we burned through it in like two days, my wife and I. <laughs> I love that. It was quick. 
Um, so when this title came to you, you saw the script, you're like, okay, they saw the shirtless picture. They want me to be the answer. Is that what happened? Fine, I'll do it. Is that basically the reaction? No, actually, it was different <laughs> because uh, that is what people think. You know, they're like, oh, welcome to Chippendales. He's going to like take his shirt off again. <laughs> no, I'm the buff. one He's person in this show. Off. Yeah, I'm the one person who stays completely closed in this show. But it actually came to me well before all that. It came to me the year that The Big Sick came out, which I think was 2017. I was at the premiere for it in New York. And Rob Siegel, the creator of this show, who's a wonderful writer, who and I've been a fan of his for a long time, came up to me and he said, I have a movie script uh, about the guy who started Chippendales. He was an immigrant. Most people don't know this. And he said, I want you to play this guy. So he sent me the script. I really loved the script back then. It was a movie. But I didn't feel ready to be able to do it. Like I just done the big sick and it was the first time I'd done anything that wasn't just purely comedy. There's like an emotional component to the big sick. But when I read this, this was so dark and such a complex character. I think I was a little intimidated to do it back then. And so I didn't do it. And then a few years went by and Rob contacted me again. And he said, I just did a miniseries at Hulu, Pam and Tommy. I love doing it. And I now want to do Chippendales as a miniseries. And I said, okay, that does sound interesting. Send me the pilot. He's like, I don't have it written yet. And so then he wrote the pilot very quickly and sent it to me. And I really loved it. And then I got on the, I was still a little bit like, am I ready to do something like this? So I had a bunch of conversations with him. And then the last conversation, he was like, I'm just going to lay out the entire series. And he talked for an hour and he just told me what happens in episode two, what happens in episode three, what happens in episode four. And by the end, I was like, I have no choice. I have to do this because it's such <laughs> a wild story with so much unexpected, unbelievable stuff that happens in it. I mean, you saw the show. I mean, the stuff with the napkin, obviously, you know, the really dark stuff yeah. is intense, but also the stuff with the napkin, the stuff with the court case, all that stuff. I couldn't believe it was real. And I was like, okay, I have no choice but to do this. Thank you for trusting me to take on something like this. And I'm going to get to work right now. And immediately as soon as I said yes you know they had a writer's room they were ready to go it was the quickest I've ever had a project come together and I just started like prepping for the show I knew nothing about this going in so I was like by the end of the first episode I'm like wait what because I yeah. thought it was going to be like a fun romp through the Chippendales creation and all that I knew nothing about the backstory here so I love how it just kind of doubles down and examines like the dark side of the American dream and how that can ultimately like corrupt people was there ever any pushback from whoever was producing or the network you were working with i guess this is hulu or were they on board from day one it was great working with hulu honestly because they completely supported the show from the beginning and they really got it so when they would give notes on scripts or episodes sometimes you know you get notes where you're like okay this is a phone call because i don't think they understand what this show is <laughs> With Hulu, it wasn't like that. They just got the show. So when they had notes, and sometimes they would have heavy notes, it was always coming from the same place. What was cool was all of us, the producers, the writers, and Hulu, all of us were trying to make the same show, which doesn't happen as often as, as it should. And, you know, with a show like this, where the tone of it sort of, um, it's a very specific tone, you know, there is lightness and fun, but then there's also a lot of dark stuff. That can be hard to pull off and hard to articulate, but Hulu got it. Hulu got it right away. They got it immediately. I would honestly love to work with them again because it was such a, it was honestly since the big sick, the most creatively fulfilling work experience I've had. Yeah, that, and you know, this is a big swing for you. 
<laughs> I don't mean that as, as as an insult, but you're traditionally a comedic kind of actor. Obviously, the basic cues more to your personal life. So that was something that was, you know, easy to play. But this is like completely foreign to you. He's very high strung. He's much more buttoned up as an actor. Were you kind of racking your brain or were your nerves driving you crazy for for a role like this? Because this is some really dramatic and dark stuff. Yeah, it always takes me a while to sort of snap into a character. I mean, before shooting, hopefully by the time I'm shooting, I understand the character. But whenever, you know, a job comes my way and if I love it, I say yes. And then begins the process of figuring out who this person is and how to play him. And that can, you know, I'm slow. It can take me a while. This one was by far the longest it's taken me to figure out a character. It took me four or five months. And a lot of it, a lot of it was long walks with Emily, my wife, and just talking about people we know and and different types of people and what what makes this guy tick because he's the guy who does a lot of bad stuff, right? How do you make someone who makes sense internally and who does all this bad stuff externally? How does he justify that to himself? How do I make a character who does bad things and have the audience watch and go, I buy that that guy would do that, but not have him start in that place. So make him change so slowly that by the end, what he does makes sense. But in the beginning, if you look back at episode one, you wouldn't buy that this guy would would do something like this. And it was a lot of conversations with my with my acting teacher, too, just like. I wrote pages and pages and pages of stuff on this guy. You know, the process in the beginning is very intellectual. It's, you know, I wrote down, I broke him down into categories and I was like, what's his relationship with other people? What's his relationship with himself? What's his relationship with his body? What's his morality? Is he funny? Does he have an archetype? All this stuff, you know, and just writing over and over and over pages and pages. And then and one day, and so far every job I've had this happens, one day it just sort of clicks. And you're just like, oh, now I can play this guy. Now I know him. And you've written all this stuff. All that stuff that you've written somehow has seeped into some part of you. So I don't go back and review notes of the character ever once I've figured it out. I'm still like prepping the scenes and reviewing those notes. But once that click happens, suddenly all these words that I've written that don't really make any sense to anybody else and barely make sense to me, it all, there's usually one image or one little thing and it all like hinges, that one image, suddenly suddenly I can grasp this character. So for me, it was like that. And then after that, once I knew how to how to like be inside him, then it was just a matter of pinpointing the moments where he changes and when he doesn't change all the decision, figuring out the specific decision points. Were you guys actively bringing in people who lived through these events or just you wanted to keep that as far away as possible and just kind of go with the book? I think some of the other producers did a lot of research on it. For me, it was like looking at the script and, and going from there. However, on set, we did have some folks who were actual Chippendales dancers and who knew these characters. And there was one person who came up to me was like, I knew Steve and you really remind me of him. I was like, <laughs> wow, what an amazing compliment. This guy knew the guy. And he's like, you really like, because I haven't, there isn't much video of Steve. You know, you kind of, I, I have to go on based on the stuff he did that we know he did and what other people said about him. And there's pictures of him. So this person saying, I knew Steve and you really like feel like him. I was like, that's a massive compliment. Yeah, absolutely. The pettiness of Steve yes. is outstanding. Like, <laughs> he would do when he feels slighted and incorporate into his life, like even the membership card stuff. You're just like, this is insane. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Do you think he regretted his actions? 
at any point or was he incapable of doing that? That's a very good question. I think at least the way I played him, I can't guess as to how the original, the, the real guy thought of what he did. But for me, it was very important that he never regret anything he does right until the last moment. And then in the last moment of the show is the first time he really sees what he's done and sits in himself. Mm -hmm. So it was really about justifying all those actions so that to him, they seem inevitable. So when he does the bad stuff, he doesn't think he's doing the bad thing, you know? And it was interesting because as I was shooting it, I'd sort of justified everything he was doing. So it all made sense to me. Everything he did make sense. And then when I saw the first cuts of episode seven and eight was the first time I saw Steve as a bad guy. <laughs> as I was watching it, I was like infuriated. And it was the first time I really understood, like, because I was sort of, you know, in those scenes I was living as him and it made sense what he was doing. And as I was watching it, I was infuriated at the things he was doing. So that was the first time I really had any judgment towards him. Uh, before that, I had no judgment towards him. It just felt like, oh, yeah, this feels like the logical thing to do. So the way I played him, he has zero regret. Nobody understands him. He's right. Everyone else is wrong until the last moment. And that's when he he sees what he's done. Yeah. You know those people in real life. I know a few of them where they're just like, no, I'm right, no matter what. Um, yeah. And it's always interesting, you know, when those people, you're like, do you really think you're right? Or is this what you're, how good are you at lying to yourself? You know, I think yeah. Steve is very good at lying to himself. For sure. You're also someone who's living the nerd stream right now. You know this with the, the X-Files episode, with the Simpsons, with Star Wars, Marvel, all that. Is there anything on the nerd bucket list where you're like, I kind of want to do that still? Yes, but I'm not going to say it out loud because I don't want to jinx it. I have <laughs> sort of one thing on the bucket list that's like my number one thing, my mm -hmm. number one next thing that I really would love to do. And then there's another one that's like so big for me and it just feels like it's that's like asking too much. So yeah, I've got a couple other things in, in like the nerd realm, stuff that I have loved my entire life, that if I got to be a part of those worlds, that would... <laughs> that would complete it all for me. I don't want to seem greedy, but you know, <laughs> there are some people they like watch, they're like a fan of something, and they're like, I, I that's just something I'm a fan of. I don't want to be part of it. I'm like, mm -hmm. no, if I love it, I want to be a part of it. And I want to not just be like a cameo or something, I want to be a big part of it. I would ideally want to make something. I, I want to make a contribution, a real contribution to it, you know, the things I love. The only exception I have is video games i've done a few video games mm. and um i think at some point i decided i'm not going to do any more video games because i wasn't able to play those games then because i was too nervous earlier this year pat noswalt said that eternals 2 is happening chloe's coming back when are we going to see kingo again do you know anything about this i have no idea i don't think Patton was right um I don't, <laughs> he's just I, spouting shit <laughs> well i think that there was a hoax website that one of those you know where it's like one letter off from the real one they tweeted it and it spread around and i think that's what Patton saw i honestly don't know anything i would love for king to kingo to come back i love playing that character now that's a very different character from steve you know he's very light Mm -hmm. That one's very fun to play. You just plenty of finger guns. You do finger guns. You're <laughs> like a movie star. What's not to love? You're just like in a good mood the entire time. I shot that movie for five months and I think I smiled straight for five months. <laughs> so I would love to come back. And I love, you know, what the MCU is doing now. I, I just saw Black Panther 2 and I was really, really blown away. So I'd love to, I'd love to come back, but I genuinely have no idea if or when. 
Okay, so then hypothetically speaking, if they said, okay, we're going to pair Kingo with another Marvel character outside of his little buddy, uh, who are you going to pick if you just had to pick anyone? Wow, that's a very, very... I would love to pair up with Ms. Marvel. I just loved that show, and I thought Iman was so good, and I just got to meet her and hang out with her for the first time, and she's just so... She's just such a talented actor and such a wonderful human being. And I think we'd like be great on screen together. I'd love to be paired up with Ms. Marvel. That sounds amazing, actually. <laughs> she was built for that role. Did you so. watch the show? I loved it. Yeah. I it's it so great. good. That show's so good. It does so many surprising things. And she's so good in it. And she has to do so many different things, you know, action, drama, comedy. And she just carries everything with such a lightness. You know, she makes it look easy. Yeah, absolutely. All right, they're giving me the wrap. Uh, when are we going to see you next? What's next for you? Welcome to Chippendales. Yes, <laughs> Hulu, November 22nd. And then after that, I have another thing that's not announced yet, but it's something I'm very excited about. So I think that'll probably be the next thing. When you hear about <laughs> it, you'll know like, oh, I see why. He, it's just something that I'm, something I love that I'm going to, I won't say anymore. So it has to do with the answer before is what you're saying. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, I've taken up your time. I want to thank you again for giving it. Uh, Welcome to Chippendales, as he said, is on Hulu November 22nd. It's fascinating. It's excellent. Kumail is amazing in it. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for talking to me. Awesome. The truth is out there. Yes, the truth is out there. Bye, everybody.